0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. I'm so excited to share with you guys. How's everyone doing? How are we feeling? We're doing okay? Come on, praise the Lord. Won't he do it? Every time. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for enduring humidity and some not so enthusiastic air conditioning. I know normally in here it's like negative four, but today is not the case. But that's okay. The Lord's going to stop our sweat in Jesus' name. <laughs> Like a mighty rushing wind, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's his qualities. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm gra- glad you guys are here. glad you guys are safe. I know that storm yesterday was a little gnarly. It was pretty wild, but we made it. Um, and I'm excited to just jump in and encounter God. And um, yeah, we'll see what he has for us. Sound good? let me pray. God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you that you are with us here and now, Lord. I thank you that you are speaking directly to the hearts of your people, God. Let us be sensitive to your voice. Let us be sensitive to your word and to your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, hey, (laughs) when I was kind of getting ready, oh, I'm Hillary. I know I said that earlier, but in case you forgot or you wandered in late. Hi, <laughs> I'm Hillary. I'm the executive pastor here. And we're gonna just jump right in because I like to do that. I'm a cannonball kind of gal. So you're jumping in with me. If you're here, that's what we're doing today. So but don't worry. You'll be safe. It's no 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 stress. But yeah, so I was studying for tonight, trying to think of what to share what the Lord has for us and all that good stuff. And um, I was like flipping through the word and I found myself in the book of Joel. And like, you know how we all have those books, the Bible that we just like mark up. You have like 40 different colors of highlighters. You have like little sticky notes that like need to go cause they've been in there for too long. You know then I'm talking about? Not me with Joel, Mm-mm. she was dry, she was real clean. And I was like, well, why haven't I spent time in there? needed to. So I decided to jump in. I was like, "Pastor's name is Joel. It's got to be, you know, like a good recipe in there." And I was just diving in, and I think it's because the the themes that are in Joel are so big and they require you to be bold to kind of walk that out. And um, so for those of you who don't know, Joel was a prophet from the land of Judah, and he is just it's a short book. It's 3 chapters. You can read it real fast. So the kind of book you can say, I read a whole book of the Bible today and like flex. And no one needs to know that it wasn't like 197 chapters. It's fine. (laughs) We do what we can, you know, take the W's as they come. Anyway, uh, yeah, so disaster has struck the people. There's like locusts and famine and there's no crops. There's nothing, right? Because, you know, it just happened to be that way. And Joel is talking to the people of Judah, talking to Israel, talking to Zion, and telling them that they need to choose God. He is challenging them that even in the face of chaos, to to pick Jesus. Well, I guess it wasn't Jesus then, but you know what I'm saying. God. For us, we're picking Jesus, but we're applying it to today's context. But told, um, and, and just the big theme that stood out to me was just this act of returning to God. Right? And I think we're in such a time where we have to return to God. And it's not something that we do once. We don't wait just for the altar call on Sunday. It's a choice that we make every single day to return to God. Because if we don't, that's when we grow stagnant. That's when we, we lose our sense of relationship. Because what's a relationship if we don't choose that person every day? Right? And that's what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to return to him and to choose him. And so when I was reading this, I was like, okay, return to God. What does that mean? I feel like that's such a churchy phrase that we use all the time. Return to God. Return to God. Make sure you return to God. Check your heart. You know, all those things that kind of like we know what they mean, but we don't know what they mean mean. And I have just found myself in this place of really trying to like dig in and and just get past The catchiness of what we say and find out what the truth is behind that. And so we're going to look at Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. And it says, the section's called, rend your heart. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing grain offerings, drink offerings for the Lord your God. And I just love that. Rend your heart and not your garments. To rend, I had to look that up because I don't know all the words and I'm growing. Haven't been in like PSAC class in forever. So we have to really work to grow our vocabulary these days. (laughs) So I'm looking up rend. I'm like, what does that mean? And it means to tear into two. And during this time, the Old Testament, we'd always like, you hear stories of like pharaohs and kings ripping their garments because they're so distressed. It is a very emotional response to what's going on. And if we're being told to rend our heart, that means we have to really inspect and look at the sin that might be in our heart. And, and it, should, it should vex us that, we, that in our hearts we have decided against God. It's taking time to really look into it and be like, wow, what I did. Not making excuses, not making allowances for our mistakes, but really letting it grieve us. Because the Lord resides in us. So how can we make these decisions and have him in us at the same time? We need to rip those pieces apart because we need a holy and pure heart. Not, not one that's, that's half in, half out. We need one that is for God, beating for God, on fire for God. And it should be a full body response. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to rip like anything other than paper. If you try to rip fabric, it is very hard to do. They make that stuff really well. At least not without a little snip if you have a little cut in there, you can rip real easy. But to just like, ah, uh, hulk out, it's hard. <laughs> but we have to do it when it comes to the matters of the heart. It's, it's messy work. It's hard work. It's going to be difficult and maybe a little painful. But it's worth it in the long run because we're pursuing righteousness. We're trying to be more like, like Jesus every day. And that's just one of the ways we do it. We have to rent our hearts, not our clothing, not just that outward display that shows we're, we're making the change. It has to be something that we resolve on the inside of us and that will eventually ripple out to everyone around us. And we're doing this in returning to God. We have to purify ourselves in order to fully return to him. And... Again, it's hard work. But I know that it's worth it. And it's not something that I've perfected. I'm not going to come up here and pretend like I have everything figured out. I'm not going to be up here and act like people don't make me mad in traffic because they do all the time. (laughs) And I have to, you know, make the choice for Jesus every day and sometimes every moment multiple times a day. (laughs) But the point is making the choice. And every time you try, every time you do make the choice, the Lord is going to honor that. Even just the effort in trying to rend your heart. He will see that. And yes, we'll fall short, but it's okay because we're falling forward in Jesus' name, into his arms and into his presence and into his truth. So how do we return to God? And I just came up with a few things that helped me choose God for myself for the first time and and to keep choosing him every day. And again, not things that I do perfectly all the time. Like, sometimes I gotta work on it and the Lord's gotta convict me. And and it ain't cute, but it happens. (laughs) But the first thing that we have to be able to do is just meet God with humble prayers. And there's a difference in the routine prayers and just making the assumption that God has it covered. And humbly coming before him. We, to have a humble prayer means to put God in his rightful place. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're self-deprecating, that we're putting ourselves down, belittling ourselves, and just pointing out all of our flaws and our weaknesses. It's boasting of God's strength in those places. It's reminding our spirit, reminding our souls that God is greater. When we are weak, he is strong. When we are small, he is big. When we are threatened, he is safety. He is a shield. It's putting him in his rightful place. It's singing holy and worthy is the lamb. It's declaring that Jesus is the lamb that, that came for us. It's reminding ourselves of covenant, why we are here, and why we get to do the things that we do. And it's all because of God. And sometimes we get stuck, and we get in these routine prayers, and we forget that. If you forgot, it's okay. I forget all the time. (laughs) But let God be a reminder. And let's hope that in this process of rending our hearts that we're more sensitive to his voice we're more sensitive to know the to notice the things that he's doing in and through us we have to come to him humbly and we have to to see our sins see our mistakes as god sees it we're making too many allowances for the things that we're doing because culture says that it's fine and that's not like a fun, cute thing to realize, but there are a lot of things that we're just like, well, everybody does it, it's fine. Or yeah, well, when I was 18, I did X, Y, and Z, and these are just kids. We have to say enough. We have to look at these things the way God looks at them. And he doesn't say, oh, it's okay, you're a child. He says, no, like if you know better, do better. He says that if you're you're supposed to be holy and set apart, why are you fitting in so much? Why are you blending in so much? You are light and darkness. That means by nature you're going to stand out. You're supposed to stand out. So why aren't we, why are we settling for that? Why are we saying it's okay? And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm speaking to all of you. There are things that I've done that I'm like, yeah, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a past. (laughs) Apparently I'm still making my story, still making my past. And the Lord's like, stop, like forward more you're on to the next thing because you know me you know my voice you hear me you spend time with me you commune with me what are we doing (laughs) and I'm so glad that he is merciful and gracious that he is so so patient with us that he gives us another try and another try and another try but let's not take these, these tries, these chances for granted. Let's actually use them and try to be a little bit better. And again, not to put ourselves down. I don't want anyone to walk out of this place feeling self-conscious or shameful. Shame is not of God. So any bit of shame you might be feeling like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? That might be creeping into your mind. I Rebuke it in Jesus' name, because that's not what this conversation's about. This is just about us returning to God so that we can be great ambassadors of of heaven. Amen? So humble prayers. To have a humble prayer, we have to fully surrender to God as well. This partial surrender isn't going to cut it. Sunday night surrender isn't going to cut it. We have to surrender Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the days of the week, all the months to come. And again, that's a practice that we have to enforce every day from here on out. (laughs) It's one of those lessons. That's a tough lesson that we have to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. But again, it is worth it. And what does surrender look like? Surrender looks like saying, not my will, but yours. Surrender looks like, hey, God, This is what I would really want to happen. Would you bless this plan? And if you don't, I trust that you have better for me. Surrender looks like not doing things in your own strength and letting God show you and guide you. Surrender looks like being honest with him. Surrender doesn't always look like hands high, emotional crying and all that good stuff. It can if you're an emotional person. That's totally fine. But it's also important to know that surrender looks different for each one of us. I'm not a big crier in worship. I love to raise my hands because I get in it, you know. But I respect that not everybody is like that. The Lord will minister to your heart in a very specific way and tell you what your surrender is supposed to look like. And when he tells you what you're supposed to do, we have to do it. We have to walk that out. And if you don't know what it looks like, That's a humble prayer for you to pray when we get back into worship. Lord, show me how to surrender because I I do want to rend my heart. I do want to be more like you. I'm tired of doing things in my own way. I know your ways are higher, so show me what I have to do and give me the strength to do it. Give me the strength to say yes and not turn back. And if you have turned back, turn again. If you're here and you're breathing, you have another chance, you have another opportunity. You have another moment to choose God and choose the life that he has for you. And it is better. It is exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine because that's what his word says. So we can trust that. Another way that we return to God is through worship, deep worship. And again, worship, deep worship, doesn't have to look like an upper room highlight reel. What is depth for you is depth for you. You have to figure out what that looks like. For some, it is getting emotional, letting God use you. For others it's getting quiet in worship. I remember there's a time here at the 6 p.m. where I I mean I'm a talker, I'm a loud person. Like I always loved to sing, been singing my whole life, concerts for my mom when I was four, I've been doing it ever since. And so there are times when the Lord will tell me that I need to be still in worship. And I remember we were singing, oh gosh, was that song? So I've got goodness, and I've got mercy. Hallelujah. Lord, shall not want. Thank you. Could not remember that name. It's a bop. Highly recommend if you've never heard it. But And it just goes in. Avery was singing, and I was like, yes, that's it. And it was like the Lord bound my body so that I could be sensitive to his presence, not caught up in the motions or the hype of the moment. And I kid you not, when I allowed him to to still me, when I quieted my mind and, and what my body wanted to do and just let my spirit reign, it was like I could feel goodness and mercy, their hands on my shoulders. That was deep worship for me. You can have access to that too, and it's going to look different, of course. But it's worth it to return to God in worship. There's this definition of worship that I I go back to all the time. They're going to put it up for you. And it says, this worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration. It is the believer's response of all that they are, mind, body, emotions, and will, responding to who God is, what he says, and what he does. Mind, body, emotions, and will, need to be in response in order for us to worship. And that's a great way for you to check, okay, is my mind really in it or is it just my body? Okay, mind's in it, body's in it, hallelujah, praise God. (laughs) Are my emotions in it? And that's not to say (laughs) like weeping in the presence of God. It's just being sensitive to what he's doing in the space. And that goes beyond Sunday. It's not just in the service because it's easy to catch on and, and get so deep into worship when everyone around you is like hands high, heart abandoned, like going full send. What about when you're alone in your car? Are you, is it just background noise or is it worship? Is it you as a believer? Is it your response to God? Respond to God with all that you are because we are returning to him to return to him we have to respond to him so take the time to to really press in there's a verse romans 12 verse um one and it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's that same root of worship. All that is within you has to be responding. And that's how we return to God. And you're going to have a moment soon where you can put that to the test. And again, all of this is like a muscle that you're working on. And there's some days where you you try things and it doesn't hit. But the more you practice, the more you, you develop that sensitivity to these things. The more you're able to enter in. The more you're able to worship, to pray humbly. The more you're able to know when you need to rend your heart and actually do it. Next, we have to contend for God's presence. And this I just feel so strongly about, especially in the context of church. We rely so heavily on our pastors to do that for us. And it's up to us what happens in a service. It's not up to the worship team hitting every note and every cue. It's not up to pastors just studying and praying up all week, although we definitely want that. We want praying pastors. Obviously, and studying pastors, and we want worship teams to like know what they're doing, but it's up to us. We have to walk into these spaces, whether it's your car, if it's this service, if it's Lakeland or another church, we have to walk in and say, Lord, I'm determined to encounter your presence. Because if you are everywhere at all times, what's keeping me from you? Contend for it. God comes. He sent a helper who just comes when we call. But fact is, we're not calling on him enough. And we're not calling on him honestly and and fervently. We're like, yeah, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Okay, maybe I felt a little bit. We're relying on lights and, and images to do it for us. There's a time in, in our word, in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, where, um, well, we can turn there. Acts 2. It's taking me a second, so y'all, we'll get there. <laughs> Acts 2, verse 26. Actually, I lied. We're going to do Acts 2, verse 42. Yeah, let's go there. We'll get to Acts 4 in a little bit. Jumped ahead. But in this section, it's called The Fellowship of the Believers. The believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every day they did this and every day they had glad hearts. Every day they had community. Every day they had God's presence. Every day they had growth. They had signs, wonders, and miracles. And here we are sitting around saying, I need community, but we won't devote ourselves to prayer. Here we are every day saying, we need a miracle, but we won't break bread with those to discuss the things of God. We're not contending for God's presence. No wonder we're not seeing these things that, you know, we want to see, but we don't even understand what we're asking for or what it takes to get there. We have to contend for God's presence if we want to see these things. We can't just contend for the things. We're so in the habit of seeking the hand, we're not seeking the Father. And we talked about this, I think, last week or something, but that has to shift and returning to God, we need to seek him, not just what he can do for us. And I am so guilty of that. I I am. I, I have to admit it. It's a little embarrassing sometimes, but I am. Sometimes I just want the result. I just want the thing. I just want the change that I'm not pressing into what God has for me. I'm not pressing into him. I'm just like, Lord, I know you can do it, so do it. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm letting myself get hurt and upset. I'm letting letting a, a lack of response from God put a, a huge void between me and him. When really, if I would just grab his hand and pull in close, all the things I want and more would come to pass. My heart would be so aligned with his that of course I see the next thing. Of course I see the result. Of course I see the healing. Of course I have the community. Of course my needs are met. But I have to contend and pursue him every single day. Not just on Sundays. The last thing that we have to do Actually, let's go ahead to Acts 4, and that is verse 27. It says, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in a city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Contending for God's presence, things are going to shake. Speaking God's word boldly makes things rattle. And it may not be these walls that are shaking because I'm going to be honest, this building's a little, she's a little old. I don't know if I want these walls to shake. (laughs) But there are some things in my life that I want shaken up. There are some walls that I've put up in my own heart because I've been hurt, because I've been deceived. But I need those to shake because I need to let other people in. I need to be willing to do the work that God has set for me. And I can't do that if I'm not speaking his word boldly and allowing those things to be changed in me and in my world. There are going to be walls set up against you in this life. But if we speak God's word boldly, they have to shake and change. And either the wall will change or we will Either the wall is coming down or we're going to be made bigger so we can step over it. Or knock it down if you're that type of person. Some people want to, you know, just kick through the wall. The Lord will help you do that if that's, if that's your method of entry. The Lord will open those doors. But we also have to be willing to do the work. The last thing that we need to do in, in returning to God is we need to trust the process. And we talk about this all the time. I see it all the time. I watch a lot of makeup videos, because I'm I'm that kind of girl. And they always like, there's always a moment where you're like, oh, this is gonna be horrific. (laughs) And what do they always say? Trust the process. And they are right, because they always look amazing or like if you're an artist at all you know there's like a moment if you're a creative if you are a builder or a maker you're like okay i have this great idea it's going really well this looks terrible what was i thinking this is a mistake it's great turned out exactly how i thought it would there's this whole like creative process we have to trust the process of returning to god we have to trust the process of pruning and letting it work in our lives. And sometimes that's really hard to do because it's scary to place trust in, in someone you may not know that well. Especially if you're new to this faith, you're new to God. You're like, I want to trust you, but I don't know how because wh- where have you been? Right? But we have to remind our, ourselves through our own testimony, through the stories that are in God's word that he works every time that he won't fail. When we sing firm foundation it means something. When we talk about the rain coming and blowing but but God pulled through. Those are the things we do to remind ourselves in the middle of the process that it is going to be okay. God is changing all of us little by little. And if you look to your left or right, you'll see someone who might be a little further along. And if you can see what God has done in their lives, we can trust the process that he's working over there and trust that he's going to do it in here. Sometimes I I find it difficult to trust God, especially with really big things. I can trust him for the small things. Like I say this all the time. I know I'm going to get a great parking spot at the grocery store. Trust. But I will also drive around and wait for that parking spot. But I do trust God to do that. I do trust God to heal me because I've seen him do it in my body from big things to, to really small things. I have trust there. It's hard for me to trust the process in, in my relationships because we're in a world of flawed people and I've been hurt. But instead of being discouraged when I see someone next to me get the thing that I've been hoping for, I'm letting myself now be encouraged because I'm trusting the process. The Lord is positioning all of us to watch the process in hand so we know what to believe for. We know what signs to look for. So we can abandon the hopelessness. We can let go of of the nervousness, of the worry, and say, Lord, if you did it for them, you're going to do it for me too. Because he's nothing if not constant. There are examples everywhere. And when I look over this room, I see people who have had healing from cancer and from addiction. I see people who have gone from having nothing to to being able to have a home, to have a car. I see people who were failing but are now succeeding in school and in work. I see people who walked through such loneliness and desperation and despair, but here they are sitting with the person who makes them whole. I've seen people who have done wrong, but by God's grace, they were okay. I think about <laughs> when I was in college, I did a lot of things that were not smart, okay? Again, we're just going to be honest here because we're family, right? This is a kitchen table. We can tell these stories. No judgment. My mom does know about them, so there's nothing that you can do. And I just remember just being so reckless with the smallest things. Like, I remember being at a restaurant for a friend's birthday, and we, like, did a big cheers. My glass literally shattered, and I still drank the drink. What? I could have swallowed a glass. Could have cut all that up. Dumb. Just dumb stuff. But the Lord spared me, and he saved me. Thank God, I can still talk because of that. Amen. <laughs> oh my gosh, I could just go on and on. I remember one time we're just having story time. Okay, this is in high school. It was my friend's birthday, and so we went. We all like piled into cars and we were doing this thing. It was called geocaching, which is like a thing back in the cut, back in the day. You know, prime 2011 entertainment. And so it's like this thing where you go on like a scavenger hunt, but it's international and they give you clues and there's like coordinates and they hide little lock boxes all over your city and you can sign these. It's like a whole thing. So we're like, we're going to go do this. Happy birthday, Haley. Let's go rip roll. And um, we piled in a car. A few too many people, as you do when you're in high school. And we went to go meet someone else to split up into cars, and we made a turn in a middle school parking lot. Man, the cops were there, and they were ready. And they stopped us because we didn't think, oh, yeah, there were some trailers that got burned down literally a week ago, and they're probably thinking someone's a suspect, and they thought it was us. Literally got put on a suspicious behavior list in my city, I don't know if that still exists, but they said my name, and they said my whole address, and it was really scary, and I was like, oh, my gosh, how embarrassing. Lord spared me, though, you know, didn't get accused of burning anything down, praise God, because I would not make it in jail, okay? Not even junior jail, juvie, not for me. But the Lord spared me. Why am I sharing these stories with you? Because if the Lord could save me from my own stupidity and bring me here, I know he can do it for you. And that's just the dumb things that I remember. There's so many things. The Lord's hand was on me at times that I don't even recognize. There's one time I was in a wreck with an 18-wheeler. It was not my fault. I know what you're thinking. I was picking up my lunch in my brand-new car, doing my thing. 18-wheeler just merged, didn't see me, smacked my back bumper, T-boned me. I didn't even have a license plate, y'all. The car was so new. But the Lord spared me. He said, You have something to live for. I had no injuries. Did I have to crawl over to the passenger side to get out? Yes. Was it graceful? No. But I was fine, unscathed, didn't have to pay for anything. You are here because the Lord has you in a process, and it can be trusted. But part of your process, part of your path that he is making straight is returning to him in spirit and in truth. Returning your heart to him instead of placing it in the wrong hands time and time again. There is a profound and beautiful process for you here no matter what your past looks like or the dumb things that you've done. Amen. (laughs) And, you know, the team can come back up. I do want to leave you guys with this. It's Jeremiah 24, verses 4 through 7. So in this passage... There are two baskets of figs. Some are good, ripe and plentiful, and some are not. And we're talking about the good figs here because I believe you guys are some good figs. (laughs) It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land. He's saying, I will bring them back to the promise. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all of their heart. The Lord will give you a heart to know him. He's given all of us a heart to know him. I think that's why we're here. Something about God just clicked at one point, right? Something in your life just said, that, I need that. I want that. But sometimes along the way, that, that light dims. And if you find yourself in that place... Say, Lord, I know what your word says. That you've given me a heart to know you. So let me give it back to you. Let me surrender it to you. It was made for you anyway. There's going to come a point where you have to take your hands off and just give it to him. I've had to do that a few times. Obviously, we do it daily. That's what I'm talking about. But I remember going through, like, a big heartbreak. I was devastated. And I would just be, like, alone, all sad, sad girl vibes. <laughs> and I remember finding the scripture and saying, Lord, why am I upset if this heart was made for you? It wasn't even made for him. It was made for you. Help me to return it back to you. Take away this pain. I'm not supposed to go through this because this heart belongs to you. And if you place it in his hands, what safer place for it to be? What what better place for your heart to be when it becomes, you know, a little hard or scratched or dirty? Return it back to him. Because he will care for it the way it's meant to be cared for. In returning to God, we need to return our hearts to him also. And to anyone in this place that's dealing with heartbreak or just bitterness, I'm with you. I've been there. It's not fun but when I was alone in my room just crying I wasn't even crying out to God I was just straight up crying like ugly girl crying I got to a point where I was like okay I'm going to give this to you but it better work (laughs) and it did because you're surrendering to safety and I'm grateful it did I stopped crying I wasn't hurt I could see that person And not feel any type of way I could feel love for them Because that's what we're called to do But I no longer felt hurt Or betrayed Or like I, I lost out I resolved that my heart was for God And not for him And that's okay And we do that all the time Some of you have placed your heart with parents who've disappointed you. Some of you have placed your hearts with coworkers who've been awful to you or friends who deceived you. Reclaim what's God's and give it to him. I'd like to pray for you guys now. And um, as we go into worship, let that be your focus. Let it be your focus. I'm returning to you, God. I'm returning what belongs to you. And that's all of me. That's this heart. I'm willing to do the work to make sure it happens. So God, I just thank you that your word is true. I thank you that you are faithful and constant, God. God, I thank you that you that you have placed in our in our bodies a heart to know you. And just here and now, we reclaim any part of it that's been given to the wrong person or the wrong thing. And we surrender it to you, God. Lord, would you show us the things that are in us that break your heart? Show us the things that grieve you so we know how to turn and course correct. Lord, would you show us how to pray humbly and and seek your face? Lord, allow this time of worship to be us, the believer's response to all that you are, with all that we are. God, I thank you that we are just contending for more. You are all around us. So would you just let the scales fall from our eyes that we can see you more clearly. Lord, open our ears to the sounds and things of heaven and open our hearts to receive the word that you have specifically for us. God, give us patience and grace to trust your process. Your plan is perfect, so we choose that. And God, please forgive us for our shortcomings and our short-sightedness. refresh our souls and as you lean into us I pray that we just we draw near thank you for changing us from the inside out you are good you are worthy to be praised it's in Jesus name Amen